What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. My name is Luke Wilson. I'm your host. I'm a student here at Grand Canyon University majoring in sports management, and today I'll be providing you with my list of the NBA's updated top 50 players throughout this past season. Just want to jump right into things. I know it's that time of year, playoff time, very exciting. Uh, that definitely has had an effect on a little bit of where I've been putting the players at. But just getting things started, number 50, Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon's had a phenomenal season with Indiana. I think he's a great player. This list is pretty advanced, and you'll find out about that real quick. Uh, so Malcolm Brogdon definitely deserves to be a top 50 player. But when you really look at how many good guys there are in the NBA, you kind of forget uh, how many there really are. You know, So Malcolm Brogdon being the 50th best player on this list, obviously their team didn't even make the postseason. So... Uh, it just shows you that there's a lot of talent in the league these days, and uh, it's very, very competitive in the NBA right now. Number 49, I got Andre Drummond for the Los Angeles Lakers. He's been a force in the paint, great rebounder. Him and Anthony Davis on the court, it's scary uh, just having those two paired up. Obviously, he brings a lot of depth uh, in that Laker team, especially in the big man rotation. You have Montrez and Mark Gasol now, but Andre Drummond, he's an elite shot blocker, elite offensive rebounder. He does all the dirty work for the Lakers. He just cleans up the offensive boards, which is I, I think is very important on a team like that if you want to be successful. And coming in at number 48, someone that has a very similar role to Andre Drummond, Clint Capella. He just does his job a little bit better, a little more polished, better finisher, better rebounder. But Clint Capella, he's an elite basketball player, especially as a big man. I mean, him and Drummond both don't have outside games, so that's why they're so far down on this list. But he definitely, Capella and Drummond too, they both they both can block shots very well. They both get the job done. They play the pick and roll phenomenal, and they're both elite uh, when it comes to spacing the floor. Number 47 on this list, I got Christian Wood. Christian Wood's been playing phenomenal this year. Obviously, Houston kind of went off the train tracks once Christian Wood got hurt. They lost over 20 games in a row. One of the worst stretches in NBA history, but it shows you the value that this kid has. He's got a lot of potential, bright future, and I think he's done a great job of developing his outside shot, averaging just around 20 and 10 this year. Very promising stats for this young Houston team and this young athlete in Christian Wood, uh, just looking into the next couple years with this franchise. Number 46, I have Marcus Smart, one of the most undervalued players, I think, in the NBA. He's an elite defender, and he's definitely been stepping up big on the offensive end for the Boston Celtics. He's been a huge driving force in this series with Brooklyn so far. He's always matched up against the best offensive player on every team night in and night out, unless it's a big guy. So Marcus Smart, got to give respect where respect is due. I have him at number 46, most valuable in the NBA this past season. Number 45, DeAndre Ayton. He's a great big man. He's been having a feast against the Lakers so far in this series, uh, putting up some pretty monster numbers. But DeAndre Ayton's got a bright future. I think with this young talent in Phoenix, especially bringing in Chris Paul, great pick and roll player. Now you pair him with a youngster like DeAndre Ayton. I think that he's going to be able to develop a very efficient pick and roll game. Uh, but DeAndre Ayton's done a great job of shot blocking and cleaning up the offensive glass. Similar role to Clint Capella and Andre Drummond, but DeAndre Ayton can shoot a little bit more outside than they can. He's got a little bit of a mid-range. Uh, so hopefully he can continue to develop because he's still young and has a lot of time. But I love what I'm seeing from him so far in these playoffs, and I look forward to seeing what he can do for this Phoenix squad in the future. Number 44, I got Pascal Siakam. Siakam, you know, he kind of fell off this year. Toronto wasn't very good. He's their main guy. You expect a lot from him, but 
Pascal Siakam definitely has a bright future. I just think he needs to get in the right situation. Situations are everything. And I just think that their team lacked a lot of offense. He isn't able to create shots similar to like how Giannis has been the last couple seasons. And I think that really hit him hard this year, especially with the shortened season teams locked in defensively more. And once they lost Norman Powell, that Raptors team didn't have a lot of offensive firepower with the injuries of Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry and Siakam a little bit too. So hopefully Siakam can bounce back next year and have a better performance to help this team succeed. Number 43, I got Nikola Vucevic, one of the most polished big men in the NBA. He's got a lot of talent, multiple triple doubles, triple double threat, offensive rebound threat. He can put up some pretty filthy numbers, but he's paired in Chicago with Zach Levine. So hopefully this bright future can shine uh, in Chicago because they missed the playoffs this year. And I know this trade happened in the middle of the season, but hopefully Vucevic can bring in some depth to this team and some talent. And that's why I got him at 43 is because he's never really been a factor because their team has never really been of huge impact. Although he has made the playoffs the last couple of years, they have been the seventh seed, which is not very solid, um, especially in the Eastern Conference because the top six seeds have been the seeds that have been very good uh, the last couple seasons. But looking at number 42 on this list, we are looking at Mike Conley, one of the most efficient players uh, for the best team in the NBA. You know, he plays his role really well. He was an all-star this year. Uh, first-time all-star, 14 years in the league, uh, making him the oldest first-time all-star in NBA history, I believe, at 32 years old. But Mike Conley, you know, he knows his role. He gets it done defensively, and he can hit big shots. I think he creates well. Obviously, this Jazz team has a lot of firepower, but he's very undervalued, and I think that uh, he brings a lot for this team on the offensive and defensive end. Number 41, I got Jamal Murray. Jamal obviously hurt with that ACL, hoping for a speedy recovery for him. But he was a huge centerpiece of Denver, you know. And they're still successful right now. They're tied 2-2 with Portland in the playoffs. It's been one hell of a series. But Jamal Murray, he's got such a bright future with this Denver squad, especially with how much him and Jokic had developed and Michael Porter Jr., in the last couple seasons. It's been it's just been great to watch. But I have him at 41 because he wasn't of a ton of value this season just because he's been hurt uh, for months now. And obviously Denver has been thriving without him. And so the reason why I have him at 41 is because there's a lot of players that have been there for their team night in and night out that I have before him uh, that deserve to make the list. And remember, this is just a season. This just isn't in general because uh, Jamal Murray is definitely – uh, higher up on the list if he wasn't hurt this season and had more of an impact with his Denver Nuggets squad. Number 40, you have Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year, averaging about 18 points a game, shooting the three-point ball very well, around 43%. But Jordan Clarkson, man, he's brought a lot of bench depth to this Utah team. He's one of those guys that knows his role and has perfected it. He can create shots. When they give him the green light, he gets the green light, and he puts up filthy numbers. He's had multiple 40-point games off the bench this season, and he's just definitely shining bright in Utah in this new situation, and I love what I'm seeing from him. Number 39, I have D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's been a great player this year. Uh, obviously for Minnesota, not a huge impact because Minnesota's just bottom of the chain. Uh, but hopefully they can get in the playoff race. You know, they got a lot of talent there with Carlton Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell. So hopefully this squad can get back in the playoff race. And you can't forget about D'Angelo Russell, what he's done the last couple of years. I know I'm talking this season, but he still averaged about 20 points a game this year. So got to keep him on this list, even if their team isn't relevant. Looking at number 38, I got Drew Holiday. He's been a huge piece for Milwaukee. They just swept the Heat. 
Drew Holiday was worth every single penny. You know, what he brings on the defensive end and the offensive end, his shot creating ability and locking down defensively has just been huge. It's definitely took a lot of stress off Middleton and Giannis, which I think is big. You have great players surrounded on that team and a lot of people looking up to a veteran like Drew Holiday in this league. Uh, he's brought a lot defensively for this team. Dante DiVincenzo's emerge because of Drew Holiday uh, getting on this team and teaching him some great things defensively. So love what I'm seeing from Drew Holiday. Definitely deserves to be on this list and he's coming in at number 38. Number 37, I got Michael Porter Jr. Definitely a huge growth this season for Michael Porter Jr. MPJ's turned into the second option with Jamal Murray being out, but he's averaging close to 20 points a game, just about 19 and a half a game. He's been huge for Denver, like I said, since Jamal's been out. And just his shot-creating ability has been huge. They like to draw him uh, pin-down screen so he can get into his mid-range game and shoot. He can shoot the three-ball well, too. He can pretty much do it all. He's got the size, and he's quick off the handle, similar to Kevin Durant with that size and frame. Uh, but I love what I'm seeing from him. He's so young, has such a, f a bright future. And the, honestly, the Denver Nuggets are going to be scary once they get Jamal Murray back. Number 36, I got Brandon Ingram. Like I said, not super relevant just because their team didn't make the playoffs, but Brandon Ingram's a hooper. You got to respect what he's done in New Orleans, although they haven't been successful. I think there's coaching changes that need to happen, but Brandon Ingram was averaging about 25, 26 points a game this year. Uh, definitely been an elite scorer in the league and definitely emerging as one of the brighter young stars. And he has a great future as long as he can get in the right coaching situation. But his shot-making ability and his shot-creating ability are just off the charts, and I love what I'm seeing from him. Number 35, I got Carl Anthony Towns. Like I said, similar to some of the other players, not super relevant because their team sucks. Uh, he's one of the most talented big men in the league, though. He definitely knows how to pad the stats, but he did battle with some injuries this year and some personal issues as well. So that's why he's a little bit lower on this list, but he's a, he's a top talent in the NBA when he's healthy and their team is successful. And so hopefully Minnesota can make that playoff push pretty soon here. Coming in at number 34, I have DeMar Rosen. Obviously, his team didn't make the playoffs back-to-back -back season, so it's been hard for him to be relevant, but he's a great player. He still is very polished in his mid-range. He's the number one option in San Antonio, so I got to give him credit for what he's been able to do. I think that he's got a bright future. I think he just needs to get in the right situation, and he needs to have more young talent around him, but he's been doing great things, and I hope he continues to keep up what he's doing in San Antonio by producing numbers night in and night out. Looking at number 33, we have DeMontis Sabonis. He's been a great player uh, for this Indiana team. He definitely had an emerging season. He definitely has been producing this past season and was a huge centerpiece of their team being a triple-double threat night in and night out, obviously cleaning up the offensive glass. He's developed a great three-point shot and a mid-range shot, which has been very efficient for this young Indiana team. And I think that he's the core, honestly. When you have an elite post player like DeMontis Sabonis that you can trust in isolation basketball, I think that's how you can be successful. And a guy like him, he can, he can pass the ball. Offensively, he's just a huge weapon. Defensively, he gets... Insane amount of rebounds night in and night out. So I think DeMontis Sabonis definitely is going to be the centerpiece in this Indiana franchise over the next couple of years. And that's why I have him at number 33, just because of the phenomenal season he had and bringing Indiana into that play-in game. Looking at number 32, Jalen Brown. He definitely was huge for Boston this year. Stepped his numbers up a lot compared to the season before. 
Brown averaged almost 26 points a game this year. Obviously, he's not able to play in the playoffs due to a season-ending injury. So prayers up to him, hoping for a speedy recovery. But Jalen Brown's definitely brought a lot for Boston on the offensive and defensive end. He's been a he's been a clutch closer for them uh, in big games. I think it definitely relieves a lot of stress off Tatum because Tatum can have off nights and Brown will step up, and I think that's huge. Uh, just looking at having two stars, that tandem duo is definitely big. Him and Tatum have very similar numbers, and I think Jalen Brown has a bright future in Boston. And if he was healthy right now, I'm sure the playoff series they're in would be looking a lot different. At number 31, Bam Adebayo, one of the best defenders in the NBA, hands down. Always steps up big in big moments and gets clutch defensive or offensive plays. I think that he needs to be more willing to score the ball offensively. Sometimes he looks like he's going to be a pass-first player, similar to Draymond Green. And I think if he has the dominance to just go up and shoot it, I think that's definitely going to help him down the road. Um, but obviously he's been a huge part of this Miami team. Unfortunately, they didn't make it very far in this postseason, so I'm sure there's going to be some changes made. But Bam Adebayo definitely has brought a lot for this team defensively, being one of the Defensive Player of the Year finalists uh, candidate-wise. But I think Bam Adebayo's got a young, bright future, and I think that he brings a lot for this franchise. And he continue, he will continue to bring a lot for this Miami Heat squad over the next couple of years. Looking at number 30, we have Chris Middleton, huge centerpiece of this Milwaukee team. Look at game one, OT against Miami, he hits a game winner. I think that that right there sealed the deal for this sweep in the series because Milwaukee loses that game one at home. Where does this series go? Because obviously they won game two, it's 1-1, you go back to Miami. I don't think that this series would have been over in five games if Milwaukee lost game one. It definitely would not have been a five-game series. Uh, you're looking at six, potentially seven games uh, at a minimum just because uh, of what all the circumstances that were going on if they would have lost that game. But Chris Middleton was a huge part of the success of that team this year in the postseason so far. Chris Middleton's been able to create, taking so many defensive stresses off Giannis, um, definitely being able to lock up some of the best players in the NBA night in the night out. But he also has been a force on the offensive end. His teams have not been able to just double down on Giannis because with Chris Middleton being on, they can't just sag off of him. And Milwaukee's got other guys that have stepped up for them. So Chris Middleton's been a huge piece of this Milwaukee team. And I honestly see them making the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they knock off Brooklyn in six or seven. Uh, but that definitely will be an exciting series to watch. Uh, just to see what Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday can bring in the playoffs this year because it's looking a lot different for Milwaukee so far. At number 29, I have De'Aaron Fox. Got to give him some respect, averaging 24, 25 points a game this year. Uh, obviously, the Kings didn't make the playoffs. They missed the spot. Uh, they lost towards the end of the season. They are about two games out from that last play-in spot. But De'Aaron Fox, I mean, 24, 25 points a game, eight or nine assists. Not bad numbers. I mean, he's only been in the league, what, this is his fourth season. Young Sacramento team, he's developing into the star they wanted him to be, the face of the franchise. I think that defensively, he's amazing. He brings so much speed and energy for the Sacramento team on a nightly basis, and I think that he's got a bright future in Sacramento, and hopefully the Sacramento team can turn things around and continue to be successful. Looking at number 28, Jimmy Butler. Uh, not going to lie, he had a pretty atrocious playoff series against Milwaukee, although he did hit the shot to tie the game and send it to overtime in game one. Other than that, he really didn't do much. Horrible shooting, horrible scoring. I believe he had 58 points uh, 
by the end of the series in four games. Either it was through three games or four games. Either way, that is horrible. I'm pretty sure it was four games. You know, not even 15 points a game in the playoffs. And you need more from your star player. So obviously his stock dropped a lot uh, just with those performances in the playoffs because he couldn't show up. But also, I mean, he was only averaging 27-7. and seven, And yeah, some people are like, 27-7 is pretty good. You know, 20.7 rebounds, 7 assists. And defensively, he's one of the better players. But obviously their team wasn't in a huge playoff position until really the last week of the NBA season. I mean, they were bouncing around that those play-in spots and started winning games late in the year. And like you see, they got swept in the first round. So obviously not a lot of relevance because they're not really making the same push they were last year uh, or that they did make last year. And so obviously Jimmy Butler, I just want to see more from him. Uh, next season, this Miami Heat team, I think they're going to come out pretty solid next year, uh, just especially after that postseason embarrassment to Milwaukee. Number 27, Ben Simmons. He's number 27 on my list, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Obviously, he can't score the ball. If he could score the ball, he'd be a lot higher up. A very valuable player on the third best team in the NBA. Number one seed in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia 76ers. He's been a force in the playoffs, scoring the ball well, distributing, rebounding, getting steals, blocks. You know, just doing it all, honestly. Obviously not shooting the ball, but he can get to the rim. He can penetrate the defense. He collapses the defense. He can kick it out to guys. He creates so much in transition, one of the best transition players. And I think he's very valuable for this Philadelphia team and a huge part of the success they've had this year. Number 26, I got Zach Levine. Obviously great player, had an amazing season. Definitely deserving of that all-star spot that he got. But hopefully Chicago can get back in the playoff race. Obviously they haven't been a huge uh, playoff competitor the last couple seasons, but obviously with this addition to Vucevic, hopefully Zach Levine can pair well with him and he can bring Chicago back in the playoffs next year because Zach Levine's their guy. He's got to be their go-to guy and he's going to be the reason that they're able to get into the playoff spot. So hopefully to see, uh, hopefully I see a lot more from him next season. I uh, had an amazing season, 27 points a game. Uh, Zach Levine's a great player, a lot of talent, and I think the Chicago future is bright, especially after bringing in Vucevic. Number 25, got Zion, a.k.a. the most dominant paint player in NBA history since Shaquille O'Neal. Just what he's done in the paint on a night-in, night-out basis has been phenomenal. I think about 20 points per game that he of the 26 that he averages come in the paint, and that's the most dominant since Shaquille O'Neal. And definitely shows, I mean, bully ball, it works at the NBA level for him, and a lot of people didn't think it, it would, but it does. And I think that Zion Williamson, if he can be used right on the offensive defensive end, he's a huge energy bringer for any team. Uh, definitely get some big shots, some big dunks. But at the end of the day, he does a lot of little things in the paint. He's got good footwork. He uses his body well. Doesn't draw a ton of offensive fouls, but he's got to watch his shoulder. But he's great finisher with his left hand and finisher through contact, especially when guys go straight up. He He's able to finish tough baskets around the rim. And I think that's huge, especially in a young player like him who's getting used to a new NBA environment. Number 24, CJ McCollum. Uh, he's been on a roll lately, about 22 points per game for Portland in the playoffs. But earlier this season, he was averaging about 26 points a game before he got hurt. He is lower on this list because he got hurt. But he's definitely been doing great things. I think that offensively, he's so crafty. He can get any shot he wants any time of day. And I think that's what I tell people when I talk about the Portland Trailblazers and what entertains me the most is CJ McCollum. He's just a wizard with the ball. Him and Kyrie Irving are, are on another level. And I think just watching CJ McCollum go to work in isolation plays is amazing because he's got it all. He's got the floater with both hands, the mid-range pull-up. He can finish at the rim through contact, and he can shoot the three ball and deep threes as well. 
I think that he brings a lot. Defensively, he can step things up. He definitely will get higher up on this list, but I love what I'm seeing from him so far this postseason and the end of the season with Portland, and I hope Portland can continue to make a run because, you know, those are my guys. Number 23, I got Jason Tatum. Uh, honestly, he had an amazing performance last night. I made this list before that game uh, where he put 50 points on Brooklyn and they won at home last night. He also had 60-point game just a couple weeks ago. I believe it was uh, – the. I don't know if it, I don't think it was the play-in game, uh, but he had an insane performance. Uh, Jason Tatum definitely been on one lately. Uh, he's definitely been a huge part of this Boston team. Like I said, he's the centerpiece, and I think that Tatum definitely has a bright future if he's continued to be used right. Uh, his shots are so rhythmic and muscle memory that it's just entertaining to watch, and the future of Boston is bright. Number 22, I got Paul George, playoff P, pandemic P, uh, PG-13, whatever you want to call him. Paul George uh, definitely does the job well on both ends of the floor, but something about him has been inconsistency, uh, definitely not playing uh, to the performance he needs to play. But I think once he can establish that, he'll definitely move higher up on this list. A couple years ago, MVP candidate, obviously he's paired with Kawhi Leonard right now, another top 20 player in the NBA. So it's definitely hard, uh, but Paul George definitely just needs to establish more consistency for me to move him up on this list. 21, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's done amazing things for Phoenix, just his veteran leadership and what he's brought to the team. Mid-range-wise, what he creates offensively, he's just a wizard with the ball. His mid-range shot is absolutely automatic. He does not miss. Uh, he's definitely very clutch, and he does a great job of using his body in the air to shift and create space. And I think that's important and very valuable when you look at a veteran player like CP3 that you can trust him to get the job done even with his age and his size. Looking at number 20, got Devin Booker. I do think he's the centerpiece of this Phoenix team. Chris Paul's a huge part of it, but Booker's the guy. He's got to be the guy that's going to score 30 a game against LA for the Suns to have a chance. He's the guy that needs to create everything offensively. He's the guy that needs to get hot and get the crowd involved. He's the franchise player, and that's why I have him ahead of Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul was declared an all-star before him, uh, and I think Chris Paul might have been... Uh, all NBA and Devin Booker wasn't. I know Chris Paul was in the top 10 MVP talks just because of what he's done, but Devin Booker's the stats guy. He's the guy that creates shots, got a lot of similar shots to Kobe, um, but he definitely creates a lot off the mid-range threes. Uh, Devin Booker, if he can establish more consistency through all four quarters, that'll be amazing because it seems like he has one really good half or one really good quarter, and then the rest tonight he's pretty quiet. So hopefully Book can establish some of that. Number 19, I got Trey Young. He's done amazing things. Obviously, hit a game winner in New York, game one of the playoffs. He's been on a tear, averaging close to 30 points a game so far throughout the playoffs with a 2-1 series lead against New York. But one of the brighter stars in the NBA emerging. The future is bright for all these young guys in the league. I think that he's done a great job. Number 18, I got John Morant. And I know I'm going to get some shade for this, but he's been insane these playoffs for the Memphis Grizzlies. 47 points against the Utah Jazz, best team in the NBA in Utah uh, in Game 2. Game 3, he's been playing great. He's the first point guard in 25 years to have multiple 20-point paint performances in back-to-back -back games. So Game 1 and Game 2, essentially, he had more than 20 points in the paint in each of those games. 
and he's been huge for his team just getting to the rim. You look at this play in game against the Golden State Warriors. John Morant, what did he do? He gets to the rim in clutch situations, and he hit two baskets with under a minute left to seal the deal and secure that playoff spot for the Memphis Grizzlies. And look what they're doing. They're competing with one of the best teams in the NBA, actually the best team in the NBA, and it's because of this guy right here, John Morant, and the future is very bright for this Memphis squad. And I love talking about this kid because he brings so much energy and enthusiasm, and he just plays the game differently, and you can tell that his hard work is finally paying off, and that's what I love about this guy. Number 17, Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, a uh, huge piece of this Utah Jazz team. Uh, offensively, he's he's the centerpiece. He's the go-to guy. He's the shot creator. He's the guy to step up in big moments, and I, I know I've touched on some other guys on this team, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, but Donovan Mitchell's the big piece of this. You know, obviously he wasn't in their game one. They lost game one. Now he's back. They won game two. Game three is going on right now, and it's been close. But Donovan Mitchell is a huge part of this team, and I think what he brings on a night-in, night-out basis is definitely huge and a huge part of this Utah Jazz success. Number 16, Kyrie Irving. Been battling with some injuries this year, also paired with James Harden and Kevin Durant, two players that are higher than him on this list. So it's hard for me to have Kyrie so high up, especially with his playoff performances. He hasn't been big. Uh, he didn't play very well against Boston in Boston last night, and it showed because their team lost. So I think that he needs to be able to step up big in big moments. And the last two months, I haven't really seen that much from him. Beginning of the season, yes, but the last two months, no. So if he wants to move up on the list, i got to see more from him because uh, this Brooklyn Nets team should not be losing any games with the roster that they have. Number 15, James Harden, also been battling with some injuries. He's had big performances, 40-plus point game last night, almost a triple-double against Boston. Looked like him and Kevin Durant were doing it by themselves last night, and some could say that they were, but James Harden, offensive juggernaut, what he's got in his bag is amazing. Uh, his step-back shot has definitely changed the game, and he's definitely been doing great things this season. And, and I can't have him higher up just because uh, he's paired with so many good players, so his numbers are not statistically the same, and this team isn't one of the best teams. They're top five, but they're not the best team, and with the roster they have, they should be the best team, and Harden should be more consistent. You look at Kevin Durant, he's 30 a game no matter who's on the floor, but with Harden, that doesn't seem to be the case. It's more about 20, 22 with whoever's on the court. So if James Harden can get up there, then I'll definitely move him up on the list. 14, Rudy Gobert, great player, defensive presence, probably going to be defensive player of the year three times in the last four years. He's He's been a great player. He does his job shot blocking, rebounding, scoring. That's what you need from him with this Jazz team. Number 13, Russell Westbrook, been on a tear with the triple doubles. Obviously, Washington's on the road to getting swept right now against Philadelphia, but that's expected. You know, Washington was not looking too good a couple months ago. The Wizards have been one of the best teams in the NBA over the last 30 games, and so Russell Westbrook was a huge part of that with the triple doubles that he was bringing in, and hopefully this Washington team can build some more pieces around him and Beal for next season. Number 12, Anthony Davis, obviously been underperforming a lot. He's had some big games uh, the last couple weeks, but it hasn't been consistent, and that's what I need to see from AD if he wants to move up on this list and be in the spot he was at the beginning of the season. He was number one. I think he could be the best player in the league if he wants to, but he's not, and he's not playing like it right now. He's definitely got a ways to go if he wants to do that. Number 11, LeBron. The reason I have LeBron at number 11, obviously injuries, missing the most games of his career. Lakers are that seven seed right now. Things aren't looking amazing for them. They do have a 2-1 series lead over the Suns in game four is in LA tomorrow. But LeBron James, definitely great player. Uh, obviously in the conversation for being the GOAT, and I can't discredit him. So that's why he's on this list. Uh, but I don't think that this season he was of huge value just because 
their team wasn't very successful, and a huge part of that's because he wasn't playing. But also, if you look at some of the other guys above him, they were there night in and night out for their teams, and that's why LeBron James is number 11 on this list because he missed over a third of the NBA season. Number 10, Julius Randle, got to be number 10 on this list. I mean, I wish I could put him higher, but what he's done for New York, 24 uh, nine and six, I believe, were his numbers this season. Playoffs, he hasn't been performing well, or else he probably would have been higher. But so far, he's been on a tear this season, just stepping up in big moments, except the playoffs. But he's been a huge centerpiece for this New York team and just willed them into that four seed to clinch home court in the playoffs. Number nine, Bradley Beal, second leading scorer in the NBA, can create what he wants offensively on a night in, night out basis. That's why I have him so high on this list. Obviously, Washington's been struggling so far, but. Averaging over 31 points a game, very impressive, especially when you're paired with someone like Russell Westbrook. Number eight, Kawhi Leonard, great two-way player. Uh, he definitely needs to step things up. The Clippers have not looked good the first two games. Last night they looked good, and he played well. But I think he just needs to lock up Luka Doncic. I think that he needs to take that assignment. Um, but Kawhi, one of the best two-way players in the NBA, and I love what I'm seeing from him this year. Number seven, Dame Dalla. Uh, my guy, Damian Lillard, averaging 30 points a game this year. Uh, I think the best of his career, I think he was like 29.8 or something like that. But Damian Lillard's been on a tear, willing this Portland team 2-2 series. Uh, he had eight threes the other night at halftime. That just tells you what kind of range he's got and how he can score the basketball. 32 points at half as well. He's, he's a tough assignment for any defender, uh, but he definitely is doing great things in Portland. I love what I'm seeing from him. Number six, Giannis, definitely gotten a lot better. I love what I'm seeing from Giannis so far, especially these playoffs. He hasn't been locked down really yet. Today he had a triple-double against Miami in that sweep game four, but Giannis has definitely stepped up his confidence outside shots. I mean, big games against Brooklyn this year, which is why I'm excited for this matchup in the next round because they can't contain him. I mean, he had over 40 points both times they played Brooklyn in the last month. And so that's what I love about Giannis is he's always looking to get better and you know he's going to put the work in. Number five, Kevin Durant. Like I said, 30 a night, no matter who's on the court. I think he should be an MVP candidate. He was with some injury though. So uh, that's why he's probably not. But this Brooklyn team, he's a centerpiece. He's the go-getter and he's going to put up hella numbers no matter who's on the floor. Number four, Luka Doncic. He's been on an absolute tear so far, especially for how young he is. Putting up goat numbers in the playoffs so far. Uh, I believe it was like 300 points through his first nine playoff games or something like that, 10 playoff games, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, you just don't see numbers like that. Uh, the only players that were higher than him were Michael Jordan and some other all-time great. I think like, I don't know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar maybe, but it was it's it was an insane, insane stat. And Luka Doncic has been a huge part for this Dallas team so far this year. And I think he's favorite for MVP candidate if this Dallas team successful next year. Number three, Joel Embiid, huge centerpiece of this Philadelphia squad, definitely elevated his game a lot, uh, but I don't think that he's the best player on this list, although sometimes the stat sheet might show it. I think that there are two players that I haven't listed yet that you can probably figure out uh, that had better seasons than him, but Joel Embiid, don't get me wrong, amazing season from him, love the things that he's doing in Philadelphia, and it's going to be exciting to see how far Philadelphia can go in the playoffs. Number two, Nikola Jokic, who my favorite is to be MVP, I think he deserves it just because Golden State Warriors didn't make the playoffs this year, uh, and that would out outrule all the past MVPs that should have been. Um, but Nikola Jokic has been amazing. 
huge success from this Denver team, and he's he's the piece of it. Honestly, he's he's the biggest part. And Nikola Jokic, just what he does on a nightly basis, what he creates in his passing vision is insane for a big man like him. And lastly, number one, the best player in the NBA this season, in my opinion, Steph Curry. Absolutely astonishing this year what Steph Curry did. I mean, triple teamed in games, quadruple teamed, you know, boxing one. He faced every single defense and he stepped up huge in the big moments. I mean, 40, multiple 40 point games at the end of the season, play in games, you know, everything. He couldn't have done anything else for that Golden State team. He just needs more talent around him. And so, like I said, best player in the NBA this season. He's a wizard with the basketball and what he did this year scoring the ball was one of the best things I've ever seen. And I wish he was in the postseason because it'd be exciting to watch, but I love what I'm seeing from this young Memphis team. And yeah, that's the list I got for you. My top 50 players in the NBA this season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Feel free to drop any questions and leave a five-star review uh, on any of the platforms that you're listening on. Love to hear your feedback and love to answer questions in future podcasts. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll bring you more updates on the NBA next week.